So first things first, James, how are you? I'm okay, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we've got a lot to get into today, I'm sure, because it's been a, a lot's <laughs> happened since the last time we spoke, dude. But today, I'm good. Thanks for about you, man. Yeah, that's very good to hear. You can only, I mean, the past is difficult, the future is unsure, but you, you can only focus on today, I suppose. Um, yeah. And there is a lot to talk about. So let's kind of start where we, we ended last um Last time, because the last time you were uh, bringing out an album, uh, Make Anger Great Again, and uh, it all looked well, sunny, sunny uh, skies, uh, it seemed. Yeah. And then a lot of stuff happened. What was the first thing that kind of the first obstacle you encountered? Was it, was it the release of the album? Uh, because I don't know the timeline exactly. Yeah, it was uh, it was very bittersweet, as you as you very eloquently put it. It was uh, the album came out first. And the first obstacle was the uh, YouTube took the first single for The Power. A song called The Power was the first single. They took it down after one day. They okay. said that it contained shocking content. It had like protest footage. It's a very political album um, talking about all the stuff that was happening sure. at the time. Obviously, it came out in a lockdown. So it was quite a hot period at that point, you know. And uh, yeah, they took it down after one day. I then immediately got demonetized on okay. YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter and everything else. Um, and I couldn't run any boosted posts. So obviously I'm in the middle of a promo campaign promoting an album in a lockdown. So I can't perform live. So I'm doing it all in the house, you know, and um, as best I can on the internet. And yeah, I couldn't uh, do any boosted posts, any adverts. My single was off YouTube. And then I got shadow banned on everything uh, because mm. the only way I could get anybody to look at the video because I, YouTube did eventually put it back online after a few days. I had an I had an argument with them, and they put it back on on condition that I couldn't promote it, I couldn't boost it or advertise okay. it. So what I did instead was uh, every time Donald Trump tweeted, I would reply with "Make anger great again." Link to the video, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Donald Trump tweets every two seconds, right? So um, that got a lot of hits. So I got like seventeen thousand plays on a video that didn't exist on YouTube, as such. So it was that was kind of fun, you know. But all that did then was that just got me flagged up with the algorithms on the platforms that thought I was a Donald Trump nut. Um, so I got shadow banned. And I'm still shadow banned now three years later. So I've got um, like 300,000 followers on Twitter, which it was an audience I built up over a long period of time organically. Yeah. It was a great platform for me, Twitter. And um, yeah, now whenever I tweet, like it, like literally three people see it. It's the same on Facebook, Instagram, everything. So I've been completely deplatformed. So that was, that was I would say it was obstacle number one. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into that a little bit because I, I do find it very interesting because you you... The idea of free speech has 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 risen up again. Uh, people are talking about it in very uh, in in many contexts, I suppose. Did they ever tell you why it wasn't allowed? Uh, especially the power that uh, song specifically. Did they kind of give you an indication as to why it w wasn't yeah. allowed? Yeah. I didn't really believe it because they said initially it was flagged for shocking content, but it's only, mm. I mean, it was a video that was made in the lockdown. So the idea was to have a band in a warehouse and do a rock and roll video. Obviously I couldn't do that because everywhere was sure. closed and you know, with social distancing. So it was just me in an abandoned house. that was like next to my house at that time um, filming it. And then we cut it with um, process footage, which mostly came from within YouTube. And we were very careful to not have anything that looked like it was violent or anything like that. It was just all about people power rising up, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, they just said that they didn't like the, um, the the sentiment of the video. They thought it was insightful. Uh, it wasn't a good timing, obviously in a, in a lockdown. And you know, there's a U.S. election coming up in a few weeks, and there's all the Black Lives Matter protests and all and, and the anti-vaccination stuff. And they just thought it wasn't the right time. 
And one, one of the clips in particular that they didn't like was there was a clip of the Colston statue in Bristol being torn down. Mm. Um, there was a statue of a slave owner, uh, and in a protest, they just decided to tear it down and chuck it in the river, which I thought was awesome, right? So there's a little bit of footage of that, which was all over the mainstream news. And they said that in particular, we, we don't want that on YouTube. So... Um, because that's crazy but, to imagine. That, yeah. as, as you mentioned, I, I'm, I'm on YouTube way too much, uh, and I watch things about serial killers. and, and the, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much disturbing stuff on uh, YouTube, so it's it's so, such a crazy thing to think yeah, that the, the music is too. Yeah, I didn't believe it. I thought I'd probably have more to do with the words. I think because um, Twitter and Facebook had an issue with the words, uh, not particularly of that song in general, but I mean just the, the things I was posting and you know the the other songs on the record as well, uh, and the name of the album "Make Anger Great Again" for an algorithm. That's just right. target number one, isn't right. it? You know, I've got I've got three of the four bad words. You know what I mean? So, I mean, <laughs> even though it's meant, even though it was meant as, as satire and was meant to be, I was taking a dig at Donald sure. Trump. The algorithm, there's no context anymore. So you know, this is this is sort of censorship by algorithm, really. So every time I post now, it just it just back pages me. So it's the, uh, yeah, that that was difficult, man. But that's that's a, that's I mean that's that's a, such an interesting point you make because we live in a time where algorithms are so important, and especially in in the promotion of music, as you mentioned, social media is is up there. You, I can see it now. Labels are fo- focusing their attention yeah. uh, on social media a lot more, and then you are independent. But the role of social in, in media is, is just um, yeah, it, it can be understated. So being denied to to promote your album when did that feeling come uh to to you to think well i'm not done with this album they're, they're trying to i can't promote it the way i uh, want to obviously you couldn't play live at the time well yeah. when was that decision made well i still want to do this album justice and get it to people in in any shape or form that i can uh that's still kind of going on now okay <laughs> i mean i mean i was very lucky that uh three weeks after the album came out uh, my book Noise Damage came out, which was my autobiography, and right. um, that did really well. It was picked up really well in all the press. Uh, it went to number one in three different categories on Amazon. Amazing. It was uh, the second best-selling rock biography after Roger Daltrey. Okay. So that kind of took that just went like beginner's luck, I guess. You know what I mean? It's my first <laughs> book I'd never written before, and it just did really well. Caught me completely by surprise. So I think because the album had been such a struggle, and then like a few weeks later, the book was just flying. I just kind of rode with that, you know what I mean? I just kind of like focused more on the book and thought like, let's not lose this opportunity of you know, <laughs> this rare spark of success, you know what I mean? Which doesn't happen very often in this business. So um, so the book kind of took precedent then, um, pretty much until the next year, like 2021, that would have been. Um, and I think I just made a decision with the album because every time I posted about it on social media, which was still all you could do in 2021, you know, right. for, for, for a few months, um every time i posted about it nobody saw it so i just thought well it's a really a really good album that i'm really proud of i think it's still just as relevant now as it was back then probably more so um so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna park it up and see how this whole pandemic thing plays out and um you know i'll just keep myself busy in the meantime so i mean i had lots of stuff to do i did a lot of live streams i did a lot of book readings and stuff like that tons of promo and the book had a resurgence then as well when it was released in america and canada in march 2021 i think so there was a whole new promo cycle for that so i was quite busy uh until the end of the lockdown with the book pretty much oh that's amazing to hear and uh i hear you're writing the follow-up already 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's been a little bit tougher. I mean, uh, noise damage I wrote in two months, the whole okay. thing start to finish, which I think is probably a record for any book. Um, <laughs> because I didn't know I was writing a book at the time. So, and, and it's pretty easy because I'm just writing about myself, you know, in chronological <laughs> order. Uh, it's pretty easy, right? Kind of journaling um, in, in a journaling yeah. fashion. Yeah, because at the time, that's, that's what it was. It was for me, really. You know, the, my right. band had just broken up, my band Kashira. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. It was like an existential crisis point, sure. you know what I mean? So I was just kind of, I was getting everything I'd done so far down, out of my head on the paper to kind of close the chapter on it. For me, really, um, if I had any idea that it was going to be published in a book form, I probably wouldn't have slagged half as many people off as I did. <laughs> I would have gone a lot easier on people and probably not been as honest as I did. Um, but maybe that was part of the appeal, you know? Sure. So and then, yeah, I'm doing my second one now. So I mean, I, I like because I didn't know it was going to get published. And it did get published, and now it's on the bookshelves of my local bookshop in Cardiff. Uh, and off the back of the success of that, I got a uh, a book deal to do a second book, which um, is a lot harder because now I'm aware that I'm writing a book. So I'm trying to kind of like, oh, is this good? Is that like noise damage? Is that too harsh? <laughs> you know, and I just it's taken forever, man. No, but it's it's an interesting process, and then. It's amazing that it, the, the first one does so well that you that you can do another one. I mean, that's not yeah. uh, not everybody gets that chance. So it's uh, it's really True. cool that I, I know I know so many authors who like go to like uh, you know literary university college or whatever you know what I mean. They study all their life to be a writer <laughs> and they've written gazillions of books and it's their passion and their craft and they just can't get a deal. You know what I mean? They can't get it published. A bit like very much like my journey in music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then. I write a book in two months, just full of swear words, talking about myself, and I get it fucking published, and it goes to number one. So you know, it's like I'm aware of, uh, I'm aware that for many people, they would they would consider me to be exceptionally lucky, and I should be I should be very happy to be even able to write a second book. Somebody's paid me to write another book of me just ranting about whatever I like, you know, basically. So that's, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, don't sell yourself short. The last time we spoke, we talked about a lot about uh, drive and work ethic. I think, and and right. that's yes. something that you show a lot as well. Like for everybody, if your if your band breaks up, uh, you can you can just quit music forever and just do a normal job. Right. But you, you decided to continue, and even with all the hardships you faced in the past uh, two years, I mean, I'm sure there were there were doubts and, and difficult moments, but you're still here and you're still going. So. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's kind of, in a way, it is kind of what keeps me sane, really. You know, it, it is having something to focus on. It's the work, whether it's music or books, or I do a podcast now myself as yeah. well. Um, and I think just having something to be interested in um, and an ambition and a target to go for kind of gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning, doesn't it? It gives you a purpose and it gives you Definitely. a bit of... Um, you know, and it gives you a bit of self-esteem when you when you when you get that achievement as well, something to be proud of, something to aim for and shoot for. So for me, I think actually when I look back, these are the things that have actually kept me from you know self-destruction or you know or just lying on the couch watching you know Family Guy all day. <laughs> <laughs> but there, the, and then I have to we have to get into some of the the less fun stuff. But I, I believe in. Um... May of 2022, your father passed away, if I'm not mistaken. He did, yeah. Yeah, it was the 30th of May 2022, which was last year. God, it feels like it feels like 10 years ago already, because <laughs> it's been such a such a such a tough year, man. I mean, he was ill before the lockdown. He got because okay. I mentioned it in the book, which I wrote in 2019. He he was diagnosed with leukemia, but he kind of smashed that. He kind of he had it and then it went and he it never came back. 
And then he had esophageal cancer all through um, 2020 in the lockdown, which is quite a heavy one. Wow. Um, so that was really tough because we we're in a lockdown, you know, social distancing, you know, masks. I couldn't give my yeah, mum a yeah. hug. We couldn't visit him in hospital or anything like that. It was really tough. Wow. Plus, I had it was it was you know bittersweet because I had this album coming out and the book doing well, but the album came out the same week that my dad was in hospital having his operation. Mm -hmm. So it was difficult because online I'm doing all these kind of launch parties and things like that and doing the promo, but behind the scenes it was very very difficult year. Um, and he smashed that as well. And then we came out of um, the lockdown. Everything was going good. I put a new band together uh, to perform the album to try and resuscitate that. And uh, we had a UK tour, a European tour, and everything was good. My dad had been out of his operation for about a year at that point. And then uh, I got back from holiday and he told me that he'd been uh, given six months with brain oh, cancer. Wow. So um, immediately canceled the tour, told the band, look, sorry, boys, you know, um, all these rehearsals and everything, I can't do it. I've got to be home for my family, you know. Yeah. So that was the next six months then, you know. So, I mean, that was, um, yeah, so that, that, that takes us like, 2020 2021 and 2022 you know right up until yeah the middle of 2022 and obviously you know it takes a few months to wrap your head around the loss of a parent or the loss of you know any any fa close family member so um yeah for most of last year i was pretty much either involved in his illness and the care or dealing with you know the loss so last year was tough it was set up to be much like 2020 it was set up to be a good year you know with a new band and a tour and getting back out there after lockdown and then no, it was uh, it was it was probably one of the toughest years of my life, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then and it's it's not like uh, those emotions go away after a year. It's something that that will stay with you for a long, long time, uh, forever, pretty much. So, Every no, that's a very yeah. and and then there's also you you've been uh, accosted or assaulted by by uh, a bunch of police. Uh, yeah. Play, play, I have to I have to say it correctly because I did re read the, the the news article. You got to get um, the legal terms right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you, you were um, the term is alleged. They were plain, plain, plain close uh, officers. Uh, they kind of yeah. uh, mishandled you in in a stop and search, I believe. Have you heard anything yes. about uh, how to? Because obviously that's traumatic, and that's on top of all the other things you were already doing. Yeah, it was um, very unwelcome to be honest man i could have done without it uh because as you as you mentioned you know i mean it's been an intense few years for various reasons and then you know losing my father and it was quite a um it was quite a cruel um last few months that he had that i was very close to as well you know cancer is as awful as anyone who's been close yeah. to it will know um so it was difficult man i mean i was very traumatized by not not his passing his passing was almost kind of a relief by the end because he was so bad it was I was traumatized by the journey of it and and it took a few months to really start to get my head around things obviously um you know I still had to work and everything and, right. and put on a, I'm an entertainer so I got to put on a, a smiley face and everything you know um so yeah we were heading towards Christmas and I was driving back from Cardiff and I pulled over to text my girlfriend to say look they've closed all the roads because of like heavy rain I'm gonna be a little bit late I think these three guys just piled into my car with like black hoods up um, no uniforms. I, you know, I just thought I was being robbed, basically. Right. Kind of put my put my arms around my back. They kept telling me to get out the car. Uh, the one guy took my phone, punched me in the face, took my car keys. Wow. Um, and uh, they had like a little kind of like what I would call a boy racer car next to us. You know, next to my car, it wasn't a police car or anything. So there was nothing about this that said police. Um, so I wouldn't get out the car. I started screaming for help. Nobody came, and uh, yeah, they mashed up my hand, and I was punched in the face and everything. And uh, they took me to a station, put me in the back of his car, 
uh, which I still didn't think was a police car. It took me for a little drive around town and everything. I'm shitting myself thinking, right. Like, They've just stolen my car and my guitars and my phone and everything. Like, what do they want with me? Where are they taking me? You know, what's happening next? So I'm terrified, man. Um, they took me to a station, full strip search, cavity search, all that business, wow. uh, looking for drugs. And then they let me go. And um, wrong place, wrong time, you know. <laughs> all the best was pretty much the way it went. So, um, yeah, that was pretty pretty intense because, I mean, obviously, if, if a you know, police officer rolls up and says, hey, you know, we're stopping you for a stop and search, you kind of know what you're dealing with at that point and you respond, you know, in the, however you respond. But, I mean, you know, when you think that, like, you're just being robbed, three guys in black hoods just jumping your yeah. car and start punching you in the face, you just, you know, you go into survival mode, you know what I mean? So um, that was pretty intense, man. And um, we've had uh, an internal investigation. I've got a, a lawyer handling it and everything. That took um, about four months. And in the end, they uh, they got off with it because they said they did it in self-defense, which is... Um, pretty comical when you think that i'm five foot four and, you know, skin and bone in a seatbelt in a driver's seat i didn't even see them coming you know what i mean i had both my arms restrained before they started punching so um so yeah so it's, we've escalated it now to an independent review and my lawyer is mad keen to go all the way with it basically so it was yeah. uh it was front page news over here in wales so i mean everything i've said there is kind of um consistent with the statement that went out to the press obviously it's all alleged at this point sure. um but yeah, I mean, I was really ill after that, man. I mean, like that combined with the, um, you know, everything I've been through with my father a few months previous to that, I I had this kind of, like a week after the police thing, I had this really bizarre mystery illness, which lasted for about six months, uh, where I had like, um, like migraines and like light sensitivity and vertigo and sickness and just exhaustion and fatigue and uh, it, like everything it was so bizarre like they tested my heart i had brain scan i had blood scans they couldn't find anything and um in the end they said it must be ptsd just like yeah. the nervous system stress you know I mean? stress just like from like obviously having to keep it together caring for my dad before that there was the lockdown trying to release an album getting shadow banned and censored and all that stuff then losing my dad and then the police thing so i think like yeah it, it would make sense that my nervous system is just out of hammering <laughs> and, right. um I just couldn't function for like half of this year, to be honest, man. So it's like, it's wow. like the dramas keep rolling. It's been like a year. When I look back at the past three years, it's been so much good stuff. You know what I mean? Like the album, the book, and the new band, and uh, the second book coming out, and you know, a new release, which hopefully we'll get to talk about coming up as well. But it's just been so much heavy drama as well, like a global pandemic, the loss of my father, getting beaten up by the police. It's like, right. anyway, you know, organized crime squad. You know what I mean? These, these were like big dudes, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm ready to write book three already. <laughs> yeah, you've got plenty of uh, material or experience. Yeah. And <laughs> when I, whenever I hear the words internal investigation, I know it's, it's not gonna end up anywhere it's a you, oh, you see this so many times it's internal investigation oh yeah we didn't find anything okay fine yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, but it's it's interesting what you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh kind of having to put on that face because it, it feels so schizophrenic those past three years where on the one hand you had all these beautiful moments but then all these difficult yeah. moments peppered through it yes um, oh yeah difficult man when that happens uh was there a moment that you thought, okay, now I'm, I'm, I feel like I, I, I have the motivation again. I, I feel like I should uh, start working on these songs and figure out a way. And ultimately, that would be an acoustic version uh, of yeah. some of the songs. But, but when did that kind of happen for you?
Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Not long ago, man. I mean, that illness okay. lingered because we couldn't find what it was, you know. So I was going back and forth with different scans and stuff. And every time I felt a little bit better and I'd go for a run or something like that, I'd just be in bed again for three days. I would mm. have these brutal panic attacks, which would just grip me. I'd be on the sofa watching telly and I would just be absolutely gripped by terror and I'd have to go and lie down in a dark room. Oh, wow. Bizarre. Never had panic attacks or anxiety disorder ever before in my life. So weird. Um, and it just kept lingering. It just would not go away, like right up until probably about like May time, I think. So not okay. long ago, man. Right. To be honest, yeah, I've only been out the woods for like a month and a half, something like that. Okay. What's what role did music play in those six months? Did 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 you listen to a lot of music? Did you play even at home, or how did you kind of? Was it very much uh, in bed a lot, as you mentioned? Yeah. How how did you? navigate kind of those couple of months or those six months well music has always been my go-to man you know i talked about this in the last book how much, how much music has always saved right. me from you know my lowest points and pulled me up and, and being my friend through those things and it, i think that's going to be the way until the end man you know because yeah just like being inspired like listening to loads of music and watching videos and stuff like that and doing a, a lot of reading and and kind of in, in a way it was kind of nice because it gave me um it gave me the opportunity as someone who is normally so driven and so uh, productive and, and creates a lot, gave me the ability to, uh, against my will, it was kind of imposed that I could actually be a fan again and just slow down mm -hmm. and stay in bed because I didn't have a choice, you know what I mean? So I had to start listening to music and consuming new stuff and getting inspired and excited again. And it really did help me. It gave me a kind of, it gave me a light at the tunnel, the end of the tunnel to aim for, you know what I mean? To think like, yeah, yeah. I want to get back out there. You know, I want to get out there and play some shows with a band and get some new music out. Uh, and yeah. I mean, it, that's always the thing that, that kind of uh, helps me through my lowest points. Making acoustic versions then of, of these tracks that you that you already released. What I always find interesting when it comes to acoustic versions and, and your voice sounds really good, I would say, uh, on the album. Thanks, man. And and because there are no heavy distorted guitars, you can you can hear your voice a little bit clearer as right. well. And it's it, yeah. it's it's almost like you're more more exposed. You're more more vulnerable. Yeah. What, what is your yeah. uh, experience of playing acoustic songs, and what was the approach in in doing these uh, particular songs? Well, it was exactly as you just described. Yeah, there's nothing to hide behind when you haven't got like <laughs> walls of fuzzy guitars and drum kits. You've actually right. got to be able to like get the words right and sing in tune, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've done a lot of acoustic stuff previously because I've done a lot of different uh, music over the years, you know, mm. um, done solo tours, acoustic and stuff. So I'm quite comfortable with acoustic, but taking these songs, these heavy songs with a lot of screaming and shouting and stuff and doing them acoustic was really interesting. And I think we, I, we pulled it off, man. I mean, like, it's got the full band on there, you know, the percussion and bass and two guitars and everything. And uh, I think we managed to, um, put, to put a twist on those songs in a way that I think holds its own ground, I think, you know. Um, I think they're cool. I enjoy listening to them. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting out and playing. Uh, me and the guitar player and the underdogs, Jack, 
um, Jack Davis are doing our first acoustic um, gig next week in Swansea um, in a place okay. called The Bunkhouse. So, yeah, we're super stoked for that. And then we're actually gigging full band. We're actually finally getting out there, unless anything tragic happens to me in the meantime. <laughs> um, we're finally getting back out there Not and playing with. some full band shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably tempted fate now. I'm probably going to lose <laughs> a leg or something. Um so yeah, like the acoustic thing was fun, man. It was it was something different, and it was a way to kind of like keep those songs alive a little bit. Because like I said, you know, they are essentially two years old now since the album mm. came out. But so much has happened, and the album kind of got neglected, and I couldn't promote it. So I feel like it needs a second shot in the arm. And I thought rather than do a re-release or something like that, we do an acoustic thing because at least it's something different. Uh, so it's a different angle for the band. It's, it's something completely novelty for you know the, the catalog, uh, the Spotify stream. So I thought, well, yeah, let's let's do that and put it out so um make acoustic great again is coming out on august the 4th just in three weeks time on all uh, digital only so it's on all digital platforms um and then yeah it's like the band then is going to be doing full band gigs um from august the 13th we've got a headline show in our hometown in newport and okay. then we're playing a beautiful days festival uh in devon like literally the week after and i'm doing some uh, a bunch of talks and stuff like that as well so it looks as if we're finally over the hill man you know we're finally getting out there I quickly want to give a shout out to your guitarist, Jack Davis. You said, "Yes, yeah." Because because listening to the album, playing some of the things uh, on electric is, is is a little bit easier than playing those things on acoustic. So a big shout oh, out yeah. to him. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. On on outra uh, yeah, outrageous the guitar solo to, to pull that off and to make it right. sound like that. It's very impressive. So shout out to him. Jack is a beast. Um, Jack is a beast, man. Yeah, Jack's a good dude. And uh he, he has a penchant for all things alcoholic and loud. So uh that's always <laughs> good to have in a band. <laughs> um but then I, I, I did want to jump into uh one specific song kind of uh Solace in Sickness. Now I I don't know what the what the intention behind the song was. But it feels like it's very applicable to to what you've been through the the past years. So kind of the yeah. the main main sentiment. Kind of, I want to feel something real. Now you've had that chance the last. Oh time. yeah, you, you've been feeling a lot of things. So so kind of having gone yes. through that, um, was it what, looking back? What, how do I phrase this correctly? Uh, was it what you hoped for? Was it the kind of the the idea of feeling what real life is about in a sense? With uh, what in, in, in life in general, or with regards to the song? No, 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 the, the kind of life in general, because the, the, the well, you can you can uh, apply it. Uh, like I said, I don't know the exact meaning of the song, but the, that idea of I want to feel something real, I want to feel, like those yeah. true emotions. Now, obviously, yeah. you had those true emotions uh, the past couple of years. Um, yeah, sometimes it's not always fun to experience those uh, emotions. So, so looking back now, how do you how have you? How, how do you look back at it now, the feeling what you felt in the past couple of years? Yeah, I know it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to cut this up a little bit. It's a little bit too vague, but... No, it's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that, that song was kind of like, uh, it was more about the obsession that with happiness that we have at the moment where mm -hmm. everyone's striving to be happy. And, and that's the only emotion that we seem to value in our society. And what I'm saying in the song is that it's the whole, it's the whole rollercoaster right. of emotions, the ups and the downs. I mean, that is, it's sometimes in your deepest, in your darkest moments when you learn the biggest lessons and have the biggest breakthroughs and make the biggest changes in your life that you, you, you look back at it then as like, you know, you, 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 the, the, the kind of um, the, the best thing that ever happened to you. You know what I mean? So that song is kind of like a, a celebration of the whole roster of, of the human experience. And I think, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, as I look back over the past two years, I've experienced 
as low as you can get and also some really beautiful moments as well and 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 I've had to challenge myself and overcome a lot and, and dig deep, you know, physically and mentally to overcome, you know, illness and grief mm. and, you know, trauma, um, as well as, you know, some crazy breakthroughs in my life, like becoming a best-selling author for a book I didn't even right. know I was writing, you know. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's uh, it's bittersweet. It is bittersweet. I'm glad to be out of it, to be honest, because I do just want to get back on the saddle and crack on and play some shows and, and have some right. good time to go for some adventures with my boys, you know. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been intense. It's been intense. Well, one last question then, because uh, with what you mentioned, is there one lesson that you've learned either from the passing of, of your father, from, from uh, the PTSD, uh, from, from uh, being blacklisted on, on social media? Is there anything that you kind of took away from those dark moments that, that you can kind of look at now and think, okay, but actually in the long run, it will help me or in the long run, I've learned from this yeah. and now I can navigate it better. Yeah, I think just keep on going. You know, just don't give up. Just keep on going. And I think that's why having a, a passion in your life like art, you know, it, it could be um, a career or it could be having children or it could be your relationship or health and fitness. Having something in your life that means more to you than giving up and surrendering to the fear, I think is very important, you know. So for me, music has always been that, you know, it's um, I don't think I would have had the anchor that I've needed through everything that I've been for the past few years if it wasn't for for my love of music and being involved in music. So I'm eternally grateful for that. So I think um, the lesson would be, yeah, just don't give up, man. Just find find what is more important to you than giving up and surrendering. Hone in on that and just don't give up one day at a time, you know. I think that's great advice. So on the, uh, those words, Jamie, thank you, uh, James. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me again um, and, and being so honest about your story. So, uh, yeah, thank you uh, so much. Thank you for having me. I, I love the show. You, you always do a great interview. So thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate it. It's good to see you again.